This episode is not sponsored by The Good Place, but hey, let's travel back from the afterlife to gain morality points and earn our sweet reward. We're talking All Dogs Go to Heaven on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kid Flicks, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wisen, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and have a coughing fit right in the middle of the oral section of the AP test. <sighs> Today, and I I did fine on my AP exams, by the way. <laughs> I feel like people are going to think, oh, he was a... Actually, no, I actually did really poorly on my one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, my, my guest today, uh, he is one of the co-founders of the uh, national touring uh, yeah. uh, Jewish comedy troupe, The Bible Players. It's Andrew Davies. How are you, Andrew? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Big yeah. fan of the pod. First time oh, on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we. This was. This came out of like we. I. I've been thinking of asking you for a while, and then, um, you know, last weekend was my brother's wedding, right. and I was, I think, relatively drunk by that point. But I was like, dude, I gotta have you on. Yeah, I know. That's so, the. That's the way. You know, getting drunk invitations is yeah, is great for I podcasts. I think that's how I got to do more things now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think I just pitched myself to be an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> but that's ooh, uh, whatever. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about. So we're talking to about um, all dogs go to heaven and yeah. first of all it's exciting because you did bring uh, your dog Ducky I did who is he's walking around uh, aimlessly but... he's exploring I think he's trying to eat the cat food that's around yes <laughs> he, he is I mean the cat's not eating it I, I was concerned but I think that's just a cat thing Right. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he. the funny thing is he doesn't eat anything at home, but when we go other places, he loves it. He likes guest food. Something about being in a new place. Yeah, it's just know. like kids. It's like, ooh, we're going out to eat. I'll eat something. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm try- Like, it's weird because I'm not used to having a cat whatsoever. Have you kind of always been a dog person? Yeah, you know, I, I think I've always been more of a dog person. I don't know if it's from this movie or not in my childhood. But no, I mean, I think... My sister has cats now, and I love individual cats. I feel like I love every dog, and I yeah. love some cats, you know? That's exactly, because it's, I think, a, a dog for, person for the most part, they'll make, they'll make exceptions with cats and be like, oh, this is, like, my brother's cat, I'm all for. Right. Um, but I think it takes a very certain time to be like, oh, I do not like that dog. Right. Right. I'll forgive anything a dog does. Like if it bites me or just barks incessantly at me, I'm to- I'm all, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean dogs are just like more predictable. You know, an owner can tell you, oh, he's gonna bark at you, or like, oh, you know, give him a little distance or something. Yeah. But most dogs are just friendly and predictable. Cats, they like have no idea. An owner has a cat for like ten years, and they're like, yeah, he's been in the basement for three weeks. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I assume he's alive. He's you know? just kind of working things out. Because <laughs> well, th- this cat, because the biggest difference I think between cats and dogs, at least for me is that like, cats don't really eat like one like once you put down the food it's uh-huh. not an automatic run to go eat mm-hmm. like i put down food yesterday and she didn't come down for four hours <laughs> and like your dog uh, we you've given him two treats and he ate them instantly Insta- yeah. yeah they're already gone <laughs> I, I was hoping they would last for longer but yeah yeah cats are funny that way i think they maybe it's that hunting instinct they like to to hunt things a little bit but um, i guess so yeah yeah. And I guess if you're just putting it out there, it's not it's not a special thing for them. Right. Also, this right. cat hasn't tried to give me, a, like, a dead animal as a gift yet, and I'm a little offended. <laughs> right, uh, right. But maybe it's gotten rid of all of them before you got here. You know? Oh, I'll t- you know, I'll take that. That's, <laughs> that's nice, too. Um, so tell me a little bit about why uh, you chose All Dogs Go to Heaven. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, this movie was something that I watched a lot with my sister growing up. And I haven't seen it in like 20 years before watching it this week. So there's a couple images from it that have stuck with me forever. And so I was curious to kind of watch it again and be like, what? Am I actually remembering the heart of this movie? Why are certain things sticking with me? Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of a musical, sort of not a musical, I found, which is interesting. There's like a few songs. Um, all, none of them are memorable at all. Yeah. Like I I wrote halfway down because I, I couldn't even tell you how many songs there were in the movie. But I was like, I don't remember how any of them went. I know there's an alligator in one of them. Yeah, there's a weird alligator towards the end that the, doesn't uh, seem to have much to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. The song You Can't Keep a Good Dog Down goes on for, I think, seven minutes or something. It is <laughs> yeah. insanely long. <laughs> it's a lot of rap pieces. Yeah, well, like the one song... The thing that stuck with me the most from it is the one song, which I watched it now with uh, my wife, Molly, who works for Camp Galil, you know, the camp that uh, you have a long history yeah, with. She yeah. has a long history with. And I said this could be like a camp song because it's basically a socialist song where Wait, they're sharing the pizza. Oh. So this is like the image of the pizza scene is what has like stuck with me for like 20 years um, <laughs> <laughs> where they're like fighting. It's all these puppies they get pizzas that are kind of in a puppy orphanage. It's a little unclear, but they're they're down on their luck puppies. Yeah. And so and they just like jump on this pizza and they're fighting over the last slice. And he's like, "No, you got to share." And he sings this song about sharing, basically. <laughs> and yeah, and it's it's another song that isn't catchy at all. But it would work <laughs> for that camp because um, we had uh, we have pizza every Friday for lunch. Right. Uh, and then I. It's hard. Okay, so I don't know how familiar we, you are with all the traditions and stuff. And stuff at I'm learning camp. them, but okay. Yeah. So the the big thing on Friday, technically during pizza lunch, is that we'll all all the campers and counselors and training. I like how it's still the present tense for you. It will just always be yeah. a present tense. Oh, of course, <laughs> reality. Yeah. I refuse to grow up. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's um, why we do this. Yeah, but so everybody sits in a big circle. There's kind of like a little um, outdoor park area uh-huh. um and the the kids just go up one by one and just air grievances about the camp huh like it it's for it's called hyde park because we named the area hyde park not after anything that fdr did or anything right. like that <laughs> but so all of all of the complaints are just along the lines of uh, I didn't like that we ran out of chicken fingers the other night, or my screen door is broken. <laughs> like it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's really nice and sweet, but there uh, isn't really any need for it in a practical sense. Right, right. It's things we kind of already know. Is the goal to kind of talk about bigger things, and then kids end up just talking about food and? No, I I couldn't tell you. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me figure this out because I, w- I did go to that camp for 10 years. Right. So I think the idea of it was for it to be kind of like a, um, uh, like a, a neighborhood council meeting mm. or something, how everybody comes together and is like, hey, like that the park swing needs to be fixed or whatever, and I have this idea to make the sewer system more efficient or something like that. Mm. But it just kind of boils down to um, uh, petty complaints. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, I feel like most of our complaints as kids and adults are food related. You know. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, and I see you're wearing um, a camp shirt. Did you do? Were you a day camp or an overnight um, camp kid? I grew up going to a day camp in Philadelphia. It was kind of all around sports camp. There was archery, arts and crafts, all those things. I never went to overnight camp, but as an adult with the Bible players, I've probably been to twenty or thirty overnight camps, which is really interesting and fascinating because they're these little worlds that most people only get to see one or two in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Like for you, like camp is like that particular camp. That is, so I get to see all these like little worlds. It's kind of weird. I'm like kind of on the outside, but you see the different traditions. Like mm-hmm. the craziness about food reminds me there's one camp that I go to whose name I won't mention, but they have this crazy obsession with coffee cake, which is common amongst maybe other camps. Is your camp too? Is Not there a coffee cake? Coffee cake? Ca- no. I- I wonder what our co- – you keep talking. I'm going to try to think of what Galil's equivalent to okay. a coffee cake. So what I heard about coffee cake was that they have it on Shabbat, on Saturday morning. And the kids literally are told they cannot leave their bunks before 7 a.m. to go get the coffee cake. And they're so <laughs> excited about it that at 7 a.m. they all run in a mad dash to the dining hall. So when I was there, I set up a chair – and just like watch like the running of the bulls, like they're just all <laughs> running for coffee cake. And it's literally kids sprinting at 7 a.m. to get this coffee cake. And kids are like tripping and falling down and like bumping each other to get to the front. It was hilarious. So yeah. I'm very thrown off because they started that at 7 a.m. So so Galil, tech, we also do have like a Saturday tradition, which is from 8.30 to 10.30. So like we have breakfast like basically same time as always. Right. Um, and it would be the kids would come to the dining hall and get uh, uh, donuts, just mm-hmm. like whatever donuts that we can buy like 200 of or whatever. <laughs> and I remember one year we tried to switch it up because um, the counselors were like, what if we, what if we like did something a little bit like healthier? I mean, still tasty, but just a little healthier, more homemade. Like we did uh, like banana bread and it was, it was like Vietnam or something. It would. <laughs> All the kids were miserable. They were, they were like banana bread, and we put the, we did the chocolate chip banana bread too. Not even just like plain <laughs> banana bread, but it was You're like it's cake basically. Yeah, it's banana bread. It's basically cake. <laughs> banana, kids. We get, made them banana cake. They didn't want it, so we had to go all the way back to donuts. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, kids lose their mind, and so like in this scene, we were talking about these puppies just lose their mind over the last slice, and they're fighting over it. And so we start singing like, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. Mm-hmm. And that just like, that silly little song stuck with me. It's like a two-line song. It's like something you would sing to yourself in the shower and just make up. But it's like, still in my brain, I recognized it. Like, yeah, and it's like it's like these very cute little like kid voices and then mm-hmm. interrupted every so often by like a very adult Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he cannot sing at all. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He seems to kind of like do that kind of like talk singing thing. Yeah, yeah. I, when he first started singing, I thought it was Frank Sinatra, but like, <laughs> but like a very old, had too many cigarettes that day, Frank Sinatra, uh. just kind of stumbling through it because... Like so, the two stars of this movie are Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, neither mm-hmm. of whom uh, are known for their singing ability. <laughs> right. Now, I, I will argue also neither of them really like a a solid choice for a kids movie. Right. Like I, I think that's probably lost on kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of an interesting thing with kind of these older because this is from uh, eighty nine. Yeah, I, I think eighty nine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so like this was I think right before. A couple years before, um, kind of Pixar started being like, "Oh, we're gonna get Tom Hanks, um, what's his name, 
what's it? What's Tim Allen? Oh, Tim Allen. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Tim Reynolds. That's not his name. <laughs> uh, but like, kind of that start of superstars that kids under that kids recognize and everybody knows right. to provide voices. Like, I think, like the yeah. It's always weird to me, though, you know, to have these like celebrities do voices because you don't really know. And I doubt kids really like recognize their voice. And I always think like there's these great, you know, voice actors out there that are like struggling to get work. And then just like famous actors just like, you know, can do one of these animated movies. You know, yeah. they just get flown in for it. And it's like, OK, like Burt Reynolds doing this. Like, there's, you know, that reminds me. Have you seen the documentary? I know that voice. I haven't seen it. No, it's great. It's a documentary about just like career voiceover artists. OK. And it's just them talk like n- nothing happens in the movie. It's just like the one guy being like, "Oh, here's me as my character <laughs> or whatever." But yeah, I I like got to imagine that a big part of that is just kind of, uh, just kind of swallowing their pride and just being like, "Okay, fine, I'm just gonna," because I think some of them right. even will. Because I I have tried to do impressions for years and I've kind of accepted that they're gonna be bad and I just gotta live with that. Yeah. But, um, they a lot of them talk about getting interesting kind of character voices from attempts at impersonating celebrities. Because hmm. if it's a bad impression, you can just tell somebody like, "No, nah, that's just a voice I came just up a character, with." Character, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's yeah. That's a lot of characters. I think is just like uh, doing an impression of somebody else, but it being ending up a little bit different. So it's like, okay, great character. Yeah, yeah. Like every like no one rem- like Marlon Brando isn't really like a person anymore it's just kind of like a very yeah that has been done in so many kids movies <laughs> right uh well let's see it, I, we watched it in shark tale and i th- oh, i think yeah. they they also did it i think i'm imagining like a little muskrat at Zoo, uh, zootopia oh it's a whole thing with like some like a little rat mob or something right right <laughs> I, I don't know why that's in there either. <laughs> it's like no no kid has seen these movies, but they're just like, oh, that whatever. I right, right. I thing. think these are the jokes like thrown in there for the adults, like f- by the adults for the adults, you know, because I know like I have a, you know, the Bible Players Kids Comedy Show. We throw in lots of jokes that we know the kids are not going to get just because we want to entertain ourselves and entertain oh, the yeah. adults, you know. There's always parents there. Like there's never going to be a movie theater just full of children and no adults. <laughs> like, they're just sitting alone. The parents just lock the door from the outside. They're like, we'll see you in two hours. You know, it's like, there's um, always adults there. So you might yeah. as well do something for them, you know? Like, well, that's, uh, so I teach I teach Hebrew school. And so I will make jokes. And I, I try to make it so that the kids get it. But I'm just like, I've kids are so, like, they will laugh if they just see an adult laughing. Right. They'll be like, "Oh, this is a funny thing." I right. <laughs> I will do that. Like, I think that I think that's how I got into comedy, not finding things funny, but just being like, "Oh, this is what an adult finds funny," <laughs> and I want to be a part of that. I want to understand Richard Pryor someday, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I I even remember like my parent, my parents, and my older brother would watch movies, and I remember not watching with them because it was rated PG thirteen. I was like, "I'm not supposed to watch that." <laughs> right. That's how much of a a weird child I was. <laughs> I was I yeah, I didn't watch like movies before I was of age and I didn't I never did the thing where you bought like a a PG movie ticket and then snuck into an uh. R movie because I thought it was wrong and also I I remember saying to friends that I didn't want to mess up like the box office for that weekend. <laughs> right. Be like, "Why is Rio getting so much love?" <laughs> You're so honest with the box office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, was... now it, it's super fun 
being an adult and being able to see a movie. But I also cannot think of a time where somebody said that I couldn't see a movie. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Like it's, it's not it's not like buying a handle of vodka or something. Right, right, right. I feel like I self-regulated a little bit after my neighbors when I was a kid invited a bunch of us neighbors over and we saw like Demon Knight. Have you ever seen that? It's one yeah. of the Tales of the Crypt movies. Oh, okay. Then there's no way I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like over the top terrifying and I was like definitely way too young to watch it and definitely was like up all night and for many nights after. <laughs> and I was just like, I knew I shouldn't be watching it, but uh, yeah. One of my earliest memories of being scared of a horror movie and like I, so I, I don't really watch them and I think yeah. part of it is... Um, uh, Max, my old brother and friend of the podcast, um, he, the brother of the podcast, <laughs> newly he, married, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I talked about it. Don't worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> Everybody knows everything about my life. Okay, great. Um, but I remember he told me that he saw The Ring, like when it came out oh, on video, terrifying. and he said, "Yeah," and he's like, "It was so scary. I couldn't watch TV for a week." And that, like, just the thought of being scared of something got me scared enough that I didn't watch it. Which right. uh, that follows me now to this day where it's like, oh, I'm not going to go on this ride because what if I get dizzy? And then when I get off the ride, I'm too dizzy and I kind of pass out on the floor or something. <laughs> yeah. Thinking ahead. Like, I don't want it to mess up. Yeah. Yeah. I am yeah. Jewish. Yeah. So <laughs> it checks out. Yeah. Um, what? So there's a there's a part where um, so Burt Reynolds's character. Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't realize until the end. His name is Charlie B. Barkin. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. I just thought he's Charlie. They just threw that in there. So yeah, that's, that, yeah, on IMDb, the character is Charlie B. Barkin. Um, and he, so he dies. He, dr- right. he drowns Spoiler after alert. getting yeah. hit by a car. Right. Which um, happens in like the first 10 minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, this came out in 89. Yeah, it's only, so, that's true. Right. On. The spoilers. Yeah. Um, you've had time. Yeah. So uh, he dies and goes to heaven. That's right. the title. And the weirdest um, detail, there's this whole unmemorable song about heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's like two songs uh, battling each other, and at one point there's a mention that like a feature of heaven is that heaven stays at seventy three degrees. Uh, yeah, which, I noticed that too. I just stopped the movie and be like, "What? <laughs> that's the that's a part of the song." And they said we still use Fahrenheit here, which I wrote down because I thought that was really weird. <laughs> and I was like, "Do they think in the future everyone's gonna use Celsius?" But like, heaven is all American, sticking with America. All American, American. Dogs go to go to heaven. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought that, I mean, that song, you're definitely right that, that like, that song, I've already forgotten the tune of that song, and I watched it yesterday, but um, it was an interesting idea that there was, he, he was, like, singing about how there's, like, no surprises in heaven, and that's kind of why oh, he doesn't yeah. want to be there, which was really interesting, because it did make me think, like, what is heaven like? I kind of, I mean... This is a big question, but it's kind of like hell's like easier to picture in some ways, right? You can imagine different kinds of like torture, and there is a scene later with like a hell scene. But heaven, like what what is the dream scenario? Because he gets there, and it's kind of clouds, and he's floating in clouds, and there's just clocks and clouds around. <laughs> there don't seem to be any other dogs, which is weird because it's supposedly all dogs oh, go no, to I heaven. Think, I think Are there other. I think you go there. Do you become a clock? When like you're there? Yeah. Oh, he does. <laughs> okay. So maybe I missed that. But I was thinking, like, he's upset because he's like, there's no surprises. And I like surprises. And that's kind of why he wants to go back to Earth, is he says, yeah. there's, like, no surprises. And that's interesting because I was like, yeah, what what would heaven be? Because, like, a, a life without surprises or, like, a time without surprises does sound really boring. Mm-hmm. But then I guess the idea is that it's, like, perfect. So if it's perfect, there can't be surprises. But... 
And if it's just like a general like malaise of satisfaction right. or something. Like right. I, I remember having this thought when I was eight or so that because I, I, I like used to have like debilitating fear and like would stay up at night thinking about like eternity and stuff. Right. And um I remember thinking how boring heaven would eventually get. Like I remember just thinking like, oh, in like a thousand years or something after being in heaven, I'm just kinda sitting there being like I don't know, do you want to play cards? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's like hard to picture what would even be the ideal, right? Because anything you can imagine, you're like, well, I'd get sick of that after a while. Like, I love bike riding. So maybe for me, it would just be like endlessly bike riding in the hills. But then I'm like, nah, I'd get bored after a while and I'd want to do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I like to think that heaven, there's like, like you kind of still get the stuff that's still on earth. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be movie theaters. Right. Where you can be like, oh, that was, that was a good, <laughs> that was a good earthly right. movie. Like, it's kind of like your dream city where like everything's there. Or the whole, yeah. Everything's at your fingertips. Yeah. Or, or like, I mean, in The Good Place, the hit, oh, yeah, the right. hit show, like how it's, I mean, spoiler, it's not really that in general. <laughs> but I mean, the idea of like, oh, it's just kind of like. A pl- just pleasantries and just kind of being with a group of people. Right, right. Uh, actually doesn't sound that amazing. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that he's in heaven right in the beginning and then he instantly wants to leave. He's in heaven for like 30 seconds. Yeah, and well, another <laughs> weird part of that is he's going on and on about how it's like, how like, oh, this is a mistake. Like, right. Wh- which like, I mean, he, he keeps saying you got the wrong guy, which that's not really how death works. Like, if <laughs> right. he, if he's just like, oh, like it wasn't my time yet, like I I didn't plan on dying or something, but he keeps saying you have the wrong guy. Like he keeps pointing, uh, what's that guy? What's the evil guy? Oh, the name? guy, a Carface, car Carface, yeah. <laughs> Carface, who just loves cars. Yeah. And, and there's a really weird montage where he is in, he's sitting in cars, and then at one point he's like riding a fake car while there's a yeah. projection of a movie behind him and like a wind machine blowing. Yeah, well, but he I, has a car. Like in the scene where he kills him, he has a car that seems to work, but he well, doesn't want to drive it. it. He, like, he, it's kind of like a just like a test driving thing. Yeah. He has to work on his skill. You know what's weird? They have the exact same thing in the movie Hotel for Dogs. Oh, okay. Like, I we talked seen about that. we yeah. talked about it a, a little while ago, but there, yeah, there's a whole room that these kids rig up where it has like just a TV screen with like a you know just a changing landscape and dogs just hanging out. Right. Wow. Which also, like, you're a dog owner. I've had dogs all my life. Yeah. Like, you, they're, you don't, they're, it's so easy to entertain a dog. Like, you right. don't need to set up, like, mechan- <laughs> mechanisms. Right, right. That's the funny thing about, about this whole movie in some way, right, is that it's, like, making dogs more like people with all our, like, moral flaws and, like, debates and everything. Whereas, like, like we were saying earlier with dogs versus cats, it's, like, the great thing about dogs is kind of how simple they are how like if you give them a treat if you run with them like they are happy like yeah. they're they're kind of in heaven all the time like and it's also <laughs> weird that like you said that they have that these dogs have all these like moral quandaries and stuff because the dog um when charlie goes to heaven says that dogs go to heaven all dogs go to heaven because they are naturally good and loyal and kind hmm so yeah something happened i don't th- like right. there there are a couple sequels and stuff to All Dogs Go to Heaven, which we'll talk about a little later. But yeah. I don't think that's ever addressed. Kind of like, oh, how do these... How does that make sense when we're seeing like a whole gambling den of like hundreds of dogs yeah. and fighting and gambling? How does this dog-run and... casino work? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I found it like pretty funny. Yeah. Um... Um, and also like a, just a general technical thing. I don't know if you felt this, but the like the... 
the actual voiceover, like the actual recording of the voices in the movie sounds like it was recorded in a bathroom. Huh. Like for specifically Burt Reynolds sounds like he's literally, literally phoning in his performance. Yeah. It, it, I, I wondered if it was like, because he's with Dom DeLuise and I read that they recorded theirs together. Like we're doing, they were recording the same. Yeah. Time. And they improvised a lot. And yeah. They, so I wonder if he kind of like was like match, you know, Dom DeLuise has kind of like big energy and, you know, his like kind of crazy goofy voice. And so I wonder if he was kind of, staying mellow because of that or if he's just not much of a voice actor and so he couldn't really you know I don't yeah know. i i don't know that's hard. it's it's confusing yeah <laughs> yeah um okay so later because uh, we we haven't really brought up the main <laughs> plot of the movie which is <laughs> right that uh so in a really convoluted way um uh charlie uh gets his like life watch his life clock or whatever right. turns he it like back. winds his clock yeah. yeah and goes back to earth and he runs into this uh orphan girl named Anne Marie who can talk to all animals right uh and that's really it <laughs> and she's an orphan that's like her whole backstory yeah, she's her, like i'm an orphan and we're yeah, like yeah okay. she basically turns to the camera and keeps going i'm an orphan it's a living or something <laughs> yeah, like that. right yeah okay. Uh, oh, I also just realized that Itchy's last name is Itchaford. Itchy Itchaford. Okay. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> I mean, last names for dogs is, is hilarious. I guess they just threw them in there. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess that's a good point because, I mean, I assume that your dog just has your last name. I don't. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> I doesn't really have name. a last name. Sometimes people give last names. I'm like, yeah, our dog's just Ducky, which is a crazy enough name. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Apparently my dog... Ha- I don't know if it's like a last name or it's just like his name because his name is Boo. But apparently, according to the adoption papers, his name is his full name is Boo Radley, huh. which okay. <laughs> is that a reference to something? I feel uh, like that's to some... Kill a Mockingbird. Oh right, okay, yeah. So which maybe that's my parents why? think is one of my favorite books. I have never read it. <laughs> I because I did I did a project in high school. You're like I got the dog. What yeah. else do I need to know? <laughs> I did like a uh, I made a rap battle video in high school between um, Bob Yule and Atticus Finch. So the defendant and prosecutor uh in the trial and they saw that video and assumed that i was a huge fan so for my birthday they bought me uh the dvd of the movie which uh i think remains unopened <laughs> so i like I, we were saying off mic that i'm bad at giving gifts but also right. i'm i i admit that i am very hard to read with gift giving <laughs> They tried, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I do feel like an an ass because I'm just like, just give me a gift card, and no one likes giving gift cards, right? It's right. like, a, oh, I forgot to get something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we were saying off time, I I love experiences. That's really always what I ask for. I'm mm-hmm. like, give me like a restaurant thing, or like take me out to a movie or a play or something. That's awesome because I feel like or take me to heaven, or take me to heaven. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Just which would really just be full of dogs. That would be kind of <laughs> heaven for me. It's like a place with a million dogs. Well, you know? isn't there? I can't think of where it is, but there's like an island or something where Isle of Dogs? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not heaven. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, apparently hell according to the movie, but yeah. uh, no, there's like a there's like a Caribbean island or something where it's just like there's hundreds of dogs like they have the small island and use it kind of as like a a makeshift kind of dog shelter. Oh wow. And I can't think you of where it is. There's a lot of people googling right now. Yeah. Like, I want to go there. A That's lot the of next vacation. Are crashing their car <laughs> yeah. they can't wait. <laughs> but yeah, that's a. I mean, I guess that's a place where uh, uh, you should go. Yeah. Um, like, 
and and this movie when it came out it it got a lot of flack and kind of concern uh Siskel gave it a thumbs down oh wow uh Ebert gave it a thumbs up uh, <laughs> the, those two famous uh disagreeers yeah but um a lot of people are talking about how it it's this is very very dark for uh a children's movie and I mean I agree mainly in that a lot of the plot revolves around like stealing and gambling on horses right right the the funny thing for me watching it as an adult after having like loved it as a kid is that the only things i remembered were kind of like the silly fun parts of it and none of that adult stuff meaning like the pizza scene i remembered and then the other scene which is amazing with the grand chahi which is this horse that like wins the race it's kind of the first time where she like puts her talking to animals to use and it's this like lame horse like covered in flies and like looks like out of shape but But it's it's his his birthday birthday. yeah so they're gonna let him win so they all like decide to let him win and they basically like push him over the finish line yeah so that he wins and that's like one of the only things i remembered so it's like but watching it now and i watched it with my wife molly and she was like this movie's really dark and i was like no the pizza scene the horse (laughs) scene like even as an adult i'm like Still clinging to those yeah. few minutes and ignoring the like hell scene. You like <laughs> yeah. describe this movie to people. Oh, it's about these dogs that eat pizza. You're right, <laughs> exactly. That's probably what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Also, sidebar that pizza like mo- animated movies do a weird thing with how pizza looks because mm. it it just looks like this thing where it just like it's like just falls apart and it just like flops into your mouth like right. Goofy, and the uh, the cheese like stretches and unstretches like yeah. so, like silly putty. You can just do it over and over again. They kind of just keep pulling it and it goes back. It's yeah. yeah. Like in our a goofy movie episode, there's like this whole scene where they're essentially high and eating pizza, and it's like <laughs> yeah, it it stretches so far. They're like essentially playing guitar with it. They're like dun, 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 or whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, sure, it's a movie with talking dogs, so let's take some liberties. <laughs> right. But at the same time, come on. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 so they, they do the classic setup to get into the horse race and be able to place a bet because they're dogs and they can't speak. Right. Is they get Anne-Marie, yeah. uh, they do the classic trench coat bit. Right. The, and, like, little je- walking Jenga tower, yeah. you know? Like. And, and it works perfectly. This <laughs> yeah. old man is just like, you are an adult man. <laughs> Because you have a mustache and you're seven feet tall. Yeah, and she has this giant goofy mustache. And I, 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 that's another image that I just remembered from this movie. But it was funny that watching it this time, she places a bet. She's like wobbling and clearly a little kid doing a voice. And what he's surprised about is he's like, do you know something I don't know? Betting on this horse? And I'm like, that's your big question with this? <laughs> like, there's like this wobbling trench coat thing. And you're like... And then she goes, it's his birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. That's that's a that's a. Way I was put. wondering like how often that's been a thing, like the hiding in a giant trench coat. And did kids like used to do that in real life? Was that like <laughs> a thing that? Because this movie's kind of like set in like depression times. I yeah, think, it's and, set in like thirty two, I think. Yeah, and it's like I feel like that's kind of like a another part of the dark underbelly of this movie is that like people don't have enough food. Like a lot of people are struggling. All these dogs are struggling. Well, like she but, meets her kind of future parents on right. the street like she she's just like trying to distract them but they're clearly it's kind of like annie almost right yeah I mean, and her name is Anne marie so right. they're not really uh being subtle at all but she 
she's just like uh, trying to be distracting. The people are like, "Where are your parents?" And like, "Why? Why are your clothes so tattered?" And she's <laughs> like, "I don't have parents." That's that's her catchphrase. Also, besides, I'm an orphan. Is uh, I don't have parents. Right. Right. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see. I, yeah, I'm trying to think. What are, what are some things that are sticking out to you? Because you have a you have a beautiful list, and and I'm going. I that is also low key my favorite font. Ariel rounded bold MT. Oh yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah, um, this is just kind of let the record show. I just know that. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it does not. I did not print what font I used on top. Yeah, you can <laughs> you just didn't see text it. me before then. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wrote down that I loved that scene of them standing on the shoulders. I also. Kind of love the montage of the different animals because the funny thing is they start at this horse race and then they kind of do like a, you know, a classic like montage of them getting rich, mm-hmm. except like it's not a bunch of horse races. It's like all these different animals racing, <laughs> which like I just like appreciate the absurdity. So there's like frogs racing for flies. There's a turtle swimming like really fast racing oh, yeah. each other like in the water. In the beginning, there's a there's a mouse race. There's like a mouse race or I, I, I think it's like a rat race, like a oh, literal rat race. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's like kangaroos that are boxing, but they kick each other, which I was like, that's kind of great. I was like, I would watch all these sports that kind of if I didn't think they were cruel to animals. I thought that was kind of kind of awesome. Well, that's a good question, because I mean, in this world where all these animals pretty much are sentient and know what they're doing, like, I guess it's chill. Right. I guess they're like choosing to do it right. We don't really know. That's yeah. a good point. Like, like if no these horses dog, can no talk, like, why are movie. they deciding to race? Are they still captive? And <laughs> well... We're like overthinking it, but I don't know. Yeah. I I, I want to say that they're like they're they get pampered and stuff, and like all they have to do is just kind of like run run around for a couple hours. Right. So I feel like they're chill with that. Yeah, maybe they're they're fine with it. They're like, this is fun. I'm fine with this. Right. In the they movie, get... they don't seem to be like training hard. Right. Which is weird because they they still understand the concept of winning. Right. Right. They but just, I guess, like, decide who wins. Right? That's weird, yeah. too, is that all these animals get together and decide who's going to win their race. I guess every time, because otherwise her, her talking to the animals that, is, like, useless. That just came up. <laughs> yeah. And then, that's also interesting that they can't, that she can understand all the animals, but the dogs can't, can only understand other dogs. Because I, right. fe- I feel like that's a thing that a lot of movies will kind of uh, let go. Because, I mean, uh, like Finding Nemo or something, mm-hmm. like all these different fish, a couple birds and stuff, they can all talk to each other. Right. And it's just the humans that are obviously out of the loop. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's it's weird. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was kind of interested in how, like, sneaky the main character is throughout. And he's kind of like one of these guys that's, he's kind of like a... Charlie B. Barkin. Charlie B. Barkin. Yeah, Charlie (laughs) B. Barkin. Let's use his full title. Um, He's he's like sneaky throughout, even like being sneaky in heaven and like sneaking sneaking a watch out of heaven, like breaking the rules of heaven. He's just kind of like breaking the rules throughout. And it's funny that he's kind of our like lovable main guy because he he kind of just like does a bunch of bad things and then redeems himself enough to like get back in his races. He keeps slightly redeeming himself because Anne-Marie several times in the movie is like, you guys are being jerks. I'm leaving. And he's like... Hey, I'm sorry, or whatever. <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, well, I'll give a little bit of pizza. Then it's all good. A pizza smooths it out. This really is just a pizza movie for you. It kind of is. That's kind of what sticks with me, yeah. Um, and then I, I, 
I was uh, Molly read right before we were watching about the actress. Do you know about this? Yes. So oh my gosh. I, I I wrote it down. I wasn't sure if we were gonna bring it up. So um, <laughs> this is kind of a an infamous uh, story. So Judith Barcy voiced Anne Marie, and you might know her from uh, The Land Before Time and mm-hmm. uh, other movies kind of in that area. So this was her last movie um, before she was uh, murdered. Uh, by her father, who right. was, uh, I believe it was, uh, he was just like in getting very jealous of kind of her success and mm-hmm. just kind of became an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a murder-suicide of like the whole family. Yeah, it's it was rough. It was uh, very inappropriate, no pun intended. Right. But, um, right. Uh, but yeah, this, like, this was, it definitely kind of casts a weird tough light on this movie especially because like it's a it's a whole movie about kind of death and mortality and her character nearly dies right right and yeah it's and it apparently happened like between the audio recording of her part and the release of the movie i think yeah it was i think she died about a year after she recorded her lines something like that so like it 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 made me think about like the tone of the movie because that was something that i found really odd as I felt like this movie kind of didn't have a consistent tone. It, it kind of went back and forth between really like serious and some of these songs, she sings a song at one point, like really longing for parents and then just like really goofy, like they can't keep a good dog down. Like you're saying just like a 10 minute scene of goofiness with dogs and betting stakes. And yeah. yeah. Want to know a crazy coincidence? Yeah. Her character's name in the land before time is Ducky. Really? Which is uh, your dog's name. That Who, is. Where is he? I don't know where he went. I don't know where he went. He's, Oh, he's just under the table. Yeah, he fell asleep. That's yeah. all good. He's good. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is that, crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was. It was a very. Uh, I mean, if you're like, I'm a, I'm a true crime fan, but it's like, I mean, obviously when it comes, like, her story uh, is very uh, sad. Like she was, she apparently she was earning about a hundred thousand dollars a year when she entered fourth grade. Oh wow! Which like she seemed like a pretty, like normal kid, but I mean. Just uh, that money can affect other people. Like she, yeah, she she was in so much stuff. Like I'm looking at her Wikipedia, and she was in yeah. all this stuff in in ten years. Right, right. She was in like a bunch of things, and then she was yeah gone at age ten, I think. So it's kind of like a weird puts a weird pall over the movie a little bit, where it's yeah, yeah it's and, kinda... then, and and they were talking about that. Um, uh, kind of the uh director Don Bluth he he was very obviously torn up about it and so kind of this movie uh after she died kind of became dedicated to her and uh just kind of it it became a lot more of a personal thing for her uh for them and kind of the ending song is dedicated to her right like over the credits or something yeah 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 uh, but on a, on a slightly happier note, um, the writer of the movie, David N. Weiss, um, he, you and I are familiar with his work because he uh, was uh, a writer for, he wrote Rugrats Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> so he, he, he was just kind of like, he's been around kind of doing a lot of different um, uh, kids animation and kids stuff. Like he worked on... Um, uh, the Rugrats in general. He worked on uh, Jimmy Neutron, mm-hmm. and he he also worked on one of the worst movies that I've never seen, but I've been I know so much about it. Uh, Clock Stoppers. Clock Stoppers. So never seen it. 
No one has, because it's not a good movie. It came out in 2002, and it's just about kids that get a watch that can stop time. Huh. Okay. And uh, and I was obsessed. So like the I, Zach Morris thing from Saved by the Bell, but just a whole movie of those yes. moments. Yeah. And French Stewart is in it. Um, <laughs> but this this was like one of those movies, and I don't know if you have one like it, but it's you you never saw it, but you just like wanted everything to do with it so hmm. badly because I I like was I was really into like spy stuff back then oh. and like time travel and like freezing time was like my favorite superpower as a kid <laughs> so like yeah. I, I don't know if you had kind of anything that kind of yeah was kinda, your kind of like a dream superpower thing I mean I don't know I guess maybe it's because our brains are on dogs but I just think about kind of the never-ending story and Falcor Oh, okay. Like the end of that, just like riding a giant dragon dog like around the world and like getting back at your bullies that way. And he, uh, who looks a lot like your dog. Who looks a lot like Ducky. That's true. My dog's like a very tiny version of that uh, imaginary dog. But yeah, that was kind of like a dream image for me. Like that would probably be my heaven if I could describe it as riding a giant dog through the sky, you know, like Valcor. I think even more so than like making movies as a kid, I just like was obsessed with the idea of like not like acting in a movie but yeah. just being in the world of a movie yeah just, ooh, i don't know yeah. what just happened the labyrinth too for me is that you know like the labyrinth was a world oh. that like i wanted to kind of get lost in um they re-released that interesting i saw it in theaters like six months ago oh damn that's they did really one of those great. like brief like two nights in the theaters and i brought uh, molly to it and she had never seen it really even though i think it was like a camp I don't know if it was a camp movie or she... I don't think it was. I th- but she said there were basically like all these inside jokes from it that she didn't realize were from <laughs> the movie. Like the baby stuff, you know, the power of the babe, what power, you know? Yeah, well, we yeah we would say that at camp. Actually, in fact, um, I, the first time I saw Labyrinth was for this podcast. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know why I said like, that's crazy when I am not really that far off. Right. But yeah, that that movie... Just uh, like the, the cast of characters in that, like we were talking about with what is like heaven, like the, the surprises in that movie is so much fun. And there's something about the tone of that where it's a little bit scary, but like you kind of always feel like it's a game, this labyrinth, like getting through, like there's the riddle with the doors... Yeah, and there's like the little worm in the wall that tries to help her oh, out, which I is like my worm. favorite. The like, hello, did you say hello? No, I said hello, but that's close <laughs> enough. It's like that's just like it's the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and I've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but I mean, I'm a huge, obviously, Jim Henson fan. So yeah, it's, it it's interesting because I there's still so much of his stuff that I haven't seen yet. Like I haven't seen Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen Fraggle Rock, and it's like. I'm excited to kind of one day just have it click and be able to watch all this stuff and kind right. of discover it anew right um, i don't even remember the main point i was going to make about labyrinth but <laughs> yeah it yeah you're it's it, it was one of those kind of like movies that was referenced at camp but it wasn't really a camp movie hmm. yeah uh, i think i literally mentioned it last week on the podcast but like the camp movies for us were like newsies and cool runnings yeah those were like the two yeah newsies was one that like molly made me watch i had never seen newsies and like had to watch it. I loved it right away. Like as an adult, I think it's great. Yeah, I remember when I first saw it. I was ten years old, and so the movie starts off weird because it starts off with like, like almost a slideshow, and it says like in eighteen ninety nine, like the newsboys uh, of New York like f- rose up and fought, and I, I was like, oh, are we gonna watch like this weird historical movie? But then, 
all these orphan boys start singing dancing, and dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just a novelty of like a hundred boys dancing in the movie is crazy. It's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, that needs to go on the list for this. Uh, totally. Show. You know, Molly, I'm calling it Molly. If you're still listening to this, <laughs> uh, text me and we'll, uh, you'll come talk, on about, to talk newsies. about newsies. Yeah. Get her to sing some of it. It's, yeah. oh, oh, that's dangerous. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to have a sing off. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Andrew, uh, do you have any final thought, like, uh, just any last things, uh, about all dogs go to heaven that we haven't really brought up yet? Yeah. Um, you know, I just kind of wrote down some of the like silly lines that I loved. Sure. Like, uh, he, Charlie, when he like first comes back from the dead, goes in and sees Carface, the bad guy and picks him up and he says, Hey, you put on a little weight, which <laughs> I just like love that. I was just like, you know, you lost weight, you put on weight. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and itchy at one point says, we can like get out of here. We can escape town. They even got a town called Tibet. You know, Tibet. <laughs> like they can gamble there. <laughs> yeah, That's all yeah. he knows about Tibet, which I just like love that. And just the way Itchy says to this horse who like butts him at one point and he doesn't know what the horse is saying, but he says, try it again and you are glue, which is just <laughs> so yeah, dumb, that's, but that's fun. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah, it was, uh, again, like just the, the kind of fun silliness of a couple of the songs stuck with me and all the kind of dark stuff was new to me. And I didn't really understand at the end why he like kind of seems to initially kind of go to hell and then come back to say goodbye and then get to go to heaven. It was like a weird, the oh, yeah. end was weird. Well, I, cause I thought the hell, well, the hell was a dream or no, I was like, oh. right. It was like a dream, but then there's kind of that, cloud over the town i mean maybe yeah maybe it's just maybe it's just strange i mean uh but uh maybe but because the lady is like hey you earned enough um points to go to heaven right you got back in yeah like the, you know what this is basically the basic plot trajectory of the good place that's true yeah it basically is the good place and they figure probably no one it's not no yeah, one's overlapping and Seeing sure both. like hmm interesting. <laughs> we're the only two that know both well, yeah yeah so. yeah <laughs> Um, so, so now's the part of the podcast where, uh, we rate. So, uh, you've listened to the podcast before, uh, yeah. we rate everything on a scale from a zero to five. You can be as minute in particular, um, with your decimals as you'd like. So, uh, we'll start with you. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. So, I mean, in my, in my childhood memory, this was like definitely a five. Like yeah. I loved this as a kid, but then watching it as an adult, I realized I loved these like 10 minutes that stuck with me. And a lot of the rest of it is like very inconsistent and up and down and like i said the tone is kind of strange mm-hmm. so i kind of felt like giving it like a 3.1 i felt like it's it's pretty solid for me and a couple of the things stuck with me it still has a lot of nostalgia value but yeah so 3.1 3.1 yeah that's that's pretty solid i mean i um i'm gonna be giving this i think um a 2.56 yeah because it's like i uh, i'll admit uh I, I mean again i watched so many uh, movies for this <laughs> right. show that like sometimes I will just kind of skip around and just kind of read the synopsis but I was like I was checking my watch a lot earlier on in this movie uh, <laughs> yeah and yeah. I just kind of zoned out and stuff but I, I like yeah there there are a couple little parts of the movie that I enjoyed I mean um I did lo- the, the pizza puppy scene is fantastic right and um yeah I, it's just a very weird movie like this is I think I need to just officially call because I've mentioned it enough on the podcast, but this is just like a blockbuster movie, like one that I mm. never watched as a kid, but I just walked by it mm. every single time I was in Blockbuster. Right. 
And that was always around, right? Like you knew the title. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is a thing. And then my parents were like, we're not watching that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we never did. But uh, uh, crunching the numbers, uh, the two of us, we are giving uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven a 2.83, which puts it right uh, above the Swan Princess and right below Hoodwinked. So that's not. And on all those movies. So it seems right. (laughs) Yeah. It it feels about right, I would say. Like they're kind of just like. All right, uh, animated movies. Yeah, uh, not all right. Uh, we don't we don't watch those movies. No, I, do they make movies? I hope not. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, they <laughs> there's like those weird, uh, like pseudo documentaries by that one guy. Oh yeah, where it's like 2016 Hillary's like America. Dinesh D'Souza. That's his yeah. name. Yeah, because I yeah. want to say Pete Souza, but he's the <laughs> literal opposite. Of, right. Uh, of yeah, I've never seen those, but right, they're just kind of these like weird. Propaganda like, pieces. Yeah. yeah, it's like if Netflix algorithm movies like escaped and went wild right. with Breitbart. Um, <laughs> and then I guess there's like the what the Birth of America is that the name of that movie? The old 1915. Oh, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Yeah, yeah. which like kind of apparently rebirthed the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, like single handedly, which is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, one uh, and we talked about this a while ago. This this is a very uh, podcast referential heavy episode. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that was one of the first movie sequels ever. Was the the sequel to uh, Birth of a Nation? Oh wow! Yeah, uh, no one liked it. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna move on uh, to a quick little game. So uh, we talked about this uh, a little earlier that uh, all dogs go to heaven, like weirdly became a franchise for some reason that's weird yeah um so all dogs go to heaven too i my eyes glazed over reading the synopsis it doesn't make any sense it's just like they have to go to san francisco for some reason huh uh, okay. and then they just wanted to do it in like a new town so. yeah they're like we lost like an angel or something um and so they go down there um there's a christmas special where it's like i don't know something uh they finally like baby dog jesus christmas yeah um, angels yeah. but they also had um a tv show for a couple years called uh obviously all dogs go to heaven the series wow um and so we're gonna play a, a little game okay uh called real or shih tzu and <laughs> how the game works is um i have found a couple uh titles uh for uh, real episodes of All Dogs Go to Heaven the series and a couple that I made up. Oh. And uh, I'm going to see if you can figure them out. So uh, I will give you the title. And if you need, I will also give you the plot synopsis. Okay. So the first... <laughs> so the first one is Serrano de Barcanac. Serrano de Barcanac, right. Great um, reference for kids. Yeah, right. Everyone, all kids love Serrano de Bergerac. Um <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I'm curious about the synopsis, but it's up to you yeah, if you sure, want to share sure. them. Yeah. So, uh, Itchy falls in love with a dog, but the dog thinks Charlie loves her. I'm going to say that's real. That's an episode. You're indeed correct. It is real. <laughs> um, next up, we have Silver Retriever. So, not Golden silver retriever, retriever, silver, silver retriever. retriever. Okay, and what's the synopsis of so, it? So, this is a Carface-centric episode, and it's... Carface fears he's getting old for the organized crime business and searches for a possible replacement. I'm going to say Shih Tzu. Yeah, you're correct. (laughs) Okay. When Harry met Silly, which is Charlie tells the story of how he met Itchy. Oh, I love it. I I hope that it's real. So I'm going to say real. Yeah. Oh, wow. It is. They made that. Wow. Yes. 
this show is bananas. Like, I really early on, they're like, we're just going to do crazy stories that don't make any sense. Yeah, they're like, nobody's watching anyway. Let's do whatever we want. Like, for instance, Pawshank Redemption. Annabelle finds herself trapped in a kennel and makes a deal with Carface to rescue her. Huh. Um, I, I'll say real. That is fake. Oh, that's a Shih Tzu. <laughs> I, that's a Shih Tzu. I will say, uh, Pawshank is uh, the name of the cage that we occasionally have my dog in when we leave the house. Oh, nice. So, uh, uh, okay. We didn't talk about that at the beginning of the movie, that they're escaping the pound, which is basically like a prison with a yes. guard tower and, and machine guns. And they're getting guns. shot at. Yeah. And they're getting shot at. And so right away, you're like, this is a weird tone. This like, is Because you know how like kennels have so much money for... Uh, machine gun <laughs> right. gatlets and stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, next we have uh, Charlie's Angle, hmm. which is Charlie trains three angels in training, but he's bad at it and gets in trouble. Oh, wow. I'll say that's real also. <laughs> yeah, that is real. <laughs> uh, let's see. We have two more. Okay. okay? Um, so Henrietta the Itch. Itchy has a girlfriend, but falls in love with another dog, so Charlie tries to help him get rid of her. And I guess that's a pun on Henry VIII? Henry VIII? <laughs> Henry um, Right, in the, the seven-year itch, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll say Shih Tzu. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> okay, and then you have we have one more. Okay. So you're going to find out if this is real or Shih Tzu. For all the, for all the coins, this is worth the triple. Uh, <laughs> for all the dog treats. <laughs> Dr. Beagle and Mangy Hyde. Carface gets a magical substance that turns dogs into monsters and puts it in Charlie's food, and then Charlie turns into a monster. Oh, wow. I really want that to be real also. Say real. Yeah, it's real. Oh, wow. You got five out of six on <laughs> uh, this edition of Real or Shih Tzu. Oh, wow. Um, so th- uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, Andrew. thanks I, for having me on, man. It was so much fun. Yeah, uh, so uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Obviously, you have uh, Bible Players. Do you just want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Bible Players, we have, uh, we're have a Jewish comedy team that basically uses improv and comedy to kind of talk about Jewish values. So we do comedy shows using biblical stories, and we use improv games to kind of talk about how we can treat each other so we always have lots of stuff it's at uh thebibleplayers.com and we're on uh we're on instagram and on facebook and just at the bible players yeah Yeah. and and look if you're not jewish it's the old testament stuff so you know it you know it and it's kind of funny it's kind of like this movie where or pixar where it's like there's a lot of jokes for kids and adults we try and kind of include everyone yeah it's it's fun yeah yeah that's great yeah thanks uh, for having me oh it's my pleasure thanks for coming to my brother's house yeah Uh, (laughs) absolutely and i think and your dog is still asleep yeah ducky's still asleep yeah ducky's doing great too uh, but uh, uh, as always, you can find our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at KidFlixPod. And please rate and review us on iTunes. That is all for today. We will hear you next week. And go, go, Gadget and show.